Good morning and welcome back to the Legal Queen podcast. I release these episodes every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday at 6am. In only two months, guys, we have grown to 10,000 monthly listeners. Wow, blows my mind. And I just wanted to say thank you so much. I get hundreds of messages every day saying how much this podcast is helping people. So if I could ask whatever application you may be listening to this on, Spotify, Apple, Amazon or anywhere else, if you could please give me a five star rating, it will really help push the podcast so that we can help even more people. My goal is to be reaching 50,000 monthly listeners by the end of the year and you guys can directly help me achieve that. Anyway, enjoy the following episode. Hello. Hi, good evening. Thank you for taking my question. That's okay. Um, so my husband and I um, separated uh, last year in June. We purchased a house in April um, and the house is on the market at the moment. Yeah. Um, we got a deposit for the property for a um, for 120000 Yeah. Uh, and it was a deposit from his parents. Um, and we've all signed a declaration of trust uh, to say that upon sale of the property, whenever that would be, obviously we intended to be married for a long time, Yeah. Um, that they would receive the money back. Um, however, my concern is now that if we sell the property for less than than what we paid for it, then there won't be 120 available to pay them back their deposit. So is right. that something that they could pursue me for? Um, if the, we do sell for less than what we paid. Why would you say pursue you, Peaches, as opposed to pursue both of you? Um, because I've, I left him, so it's very much uh, all of them against me. Okay. but, um, but and that... he threatened that in mediation that his parents would come after me. Well, they, they, they can't come after you. They would have to come after both of you because the house, I'm going to assume, is in joint names. So if, yes, it, sell, yes, if it sells for less... It's a debt that's owed by both of you then. Now, let's mm-hmm. say the shortfall was, I don't know, £20,000. I would be suggesting that you're both responsible for 10 of that. You know what I mean? 10 each, for example. Um, but yeah, it can't, it can't just be placed at your feet. Um, uh, mm-hmm. They're angry, clearly, and they're looking to lay blame. But legally, mm-hmm. that's a debt that belongs to both of you. Okay, and if they wanted to pursue me, they would have to take me to court. It's absolutely is that the only way they would. Absolutely, yeah. and okay. if that happened, then you would be asking for your ex to be joined as a party because it's a joint okay. debt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Alongside the, the the messy house sale, um, about two days before we actually separated um, officially, um, my partner um, emptied our joint bank account. Um, right. And he claims that all of this money that we'd had over the last 10 years yeah. uh, were, were in loans from his parents. Okay. Um, and he's got, he's, 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 it's the first I've heard that they were loans because they weren't. It was just money that he's accumulated from gifts and things from his parents who were quite wealthy. Yeah. Um, but they were in our joint accounts and some money was put into an ISA in my name and some was put in an ISA in his name. Um, and he emptied all of that money and then said that it, he paid back these alleged loans um, so I've got a solicitor at the moment, but I, I don't feel like I'm being given 
appropriate advice, I think. Well, how, how um, I think that, that that issue needs to be dealt with, Peaches, is that, A, there has to be an adjustment made. So the first thing I would be saying to the other side is, you've taken all of this money and half of that belonged to me. So any outcome that we get, we're going to have to make an adjustment. So if you've taken 50, I want 25 back. If he then comes back and says, well, actually, I use them, did you a favour and paid off our matrimonial debt, I'd be looking for some evidence of that matrimonial debt. So evidence of how the debt came in, and then I'd want evidence by way of bank statements of him actually paying that back. And I guarantee mm-hmm. you he won't have it. I guarantee yeah. that. It's, yeah. It, well, it, it's, all, so it's all about, you've got, you just got to keep challenging. You've just got to keep challenging. Because when it comes to the courtroom, if, if you make it that far, and hopefully you won't, um, but that the court will only go on the evidence. So you've got to keep challenging and digging and give, getting them to give you the evidence to, to, to support what they're telling you, really. Mm-hmm. I think they've fabricated or they've, they've now produced paperwork to say that these were... At lump sums of twenty, thirty thousand pounds were, were loans to my ex. Right. Um. For, for things such as um paying back his student loan and stuff. Yeah. But none of this was ever done, and the money's been sitting our in our account for about three years. Yeah. Um, so, so again, so just, yeah, he he would have to prove that he needed the loans, and and if if for example one of his um, submissions are for a student loan, well, that's not a mar- marital debt. So mm-hmm. you, you would be able to rule that out straight away. Yeah. All right? Okay. Okay. Yes, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. So Dino on Facebook, um, what would be a reasonable amount of time for a financial offer to be considered? Generally, it will depend, first of all, Dino, we're going to start making offers when we've got all of our evidence in. So once we've got all of the, for me, all of the disclosure, if we need to ask any questions, we have done. Once all that is done, um, then I would be saying make the offer. When you make the offer, 7 to 14 days is a general rule of thumb. Um, And the reason that we give a little bit more time is because obviously as solicitors, we don't just have the one client. So it might take us three or four days to actually get the letter dictated, typed and sent across. Um, But I would say seven to 14 days is reasonable. If you haven't heard back from them in that time frame, chances are they don't want to accept your offer, I I would suggest. Um, Nikki, you are next up. What's your question? Hello. Hello. Hi, Nikki. Uh, my question is, oh, it's very confusing. I'll try and explain it as much as possible. Um, my son has made some allegations of my ex-partner, his father, living in my house. Um, it's all been cleared. Police got involved because my son has said that his dad's been abusing him, um, which isn't true, um, and living here. So my mum and my stepdad took my son in December and he's been there since. The police NFA'd the report of assault on my son because it happened last year in January and by the time it was reported, it was um, out of the six months where they can basically do anything about it. Um, It's going to court on the 20th of March. I just kind of wanted to know, will the courts kind of listen to my son and not wanting to come home and say there you go he's not coming home or sorry nikki is this in the family court or the criminal court yeah, yeah. Family. And, and 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 it's an application for what um 
Can't... Um, I, I took my mum to court for a residency order. So, so your application is for residence of your son? Yeah, I see. Yeah, okay. And there's this little blip um, in the in the process whereby there's been some allegations made, but the police have said no further action. Um, I think the next stage, the court may want to investigate further. They may want to have some sort of fact find hearing, um, or they may not. They may just rule that that it's it's not a safeguarding concern and just move on with your application. In which case, maybe Cathcast will be brought in to do a Section 7. Um, so sure, actually involved in a Section okay. 7. Okay. Even if my son remains with uh, my mum, yep. they're still going to uh, stay involved because I actually have a daughter that's in my care. Yeah, okay. I just took my son because he's unsterilised, um, but they didn't have concerns for my daughter and my daughter's fine to stay with me. Okay. Um, how will, I just really want to know how will that kind of stand in court? Like you didn't take your granddaughter, but you took your grandson. I don't you think have no concerns. Yeah, I don't. I I don't think that'll come into it, Nikki, because that the application before the court is you asking for residence of your son. So the court aren't going to analyse what grandma did or didn't do. They're going to be looking at whether it is in the child's best interest for you to have residence of your son back. Okay. So now. So in child's best interest sorry in the child's best interest what do they look into in um that because obviously social services are more than happy for me to keep my daughter yeah so got no concerns ultimately what you're asking me is what are your chances of success okay the prospects yeah, of successive application yeah. and and really what that re requires nikki is advice because there's there's a there's a lot to ask or there's a lot to know about your case before i'd be able to even hedge a bet about that so if if that is really pressing for you even though you've already made your application so if you know just keep going with it anyway but if it's really pressing for you to know what your chances of success are i'm going to suggest that you get some advice with either, you know, one of us here on on the team or, or another family law firm. Um, but I think some advice from a solicitor is is what you need, really. I'm not able to sort of answer that, um, your question in more depth than that, not on Discord yeah. anyway. I, just because I'd need to know a lot more, that's all. Not because I don't want to answer your question, it's just it's difficult. I'm not entitled, um, because I don't work, so I can't pay for solicitor. Okay. I'm not entitled to legal aid because... The first reports that the social uh, the man the social worker made, um, it wasn't very good. It was appalling, basically. And the solicitor that I was going to go with, she said that doesn't show that social services are supporting you. Mm -hmm. When I spoke to the social worker and said that to him, he basically said that's lies. You can get legal aid. And I said, well, can you write something to say that you do support me? And he told me no, he can't do that. Right. So obviously you're coming up against some obstacles. Have you called the civil legal advice line to see if you do qualify for legal aid? Um, no, I don't actually. All right. I don't, I don't really know anything about this. Okay. If you all right, if you go and grab a pen, Nikki, I'm going to give you a phone number, and then you. I've got it. Okay. So it's o three four five. Give them a call. It'll take about 20 minutes. You can do it this evening because they're open till eight. And, and they will okay. be able to tell you if you qualify for legal aid. 
That's step one. If you do qualify for legal aid, great, you're home and dry. If you don't, all I can suggest is that you focus on maybe finding the solicitors that do the free half hours just to give you some sort of heads up. All right? Okay, then. Great. Okay, then. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Nikki. Bye. Bye. Zara, what's your question? Hi, Tracy. Can you hear me? I can, yeah. What's your question? Hiya. My question is, I, uh, it's been six months since I've uh, separated from my husband, um, along with my daughters of age 15 and 13, who uh, willingly, obviously, are living with me. They don't want to have contact with their father anymore. Um, obviously, there were child services involved initially as well, because he has a history of drug abuse, alcohol abuse. Um, he's bankrupt at the moment on an IVA, um, hasn't worked um, steadily for many, many years, um, whereas I've had a stable job since 2013. Uh, now, we used to live in a, a council house um, before. Uh, unfortunately, the tenancy I only found out before we had to move out was only on his name, whereas for years I thought for 13 years that it was a joint tenancy. Now, my question is, uh, because he kind of emotionally abused me and said that he's not going to move out because obviously he was cheating all these years and he had, had a, a okay yeah yeah what's your question Zara yeah my question is that do I have a right to to ask the court or do I have a case if I want to have the house back because the children live with me have the house back have you actually moved out of the property Yes, yes, we did. So the were you? Hang on, Zara. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions. Were you married? Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we are. Have you had your divorce through yet? No. 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 Have you had that, Have yeah. you had a financial order yet? No. 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 Okay. As so yet. you. I'm just, uh, all right. For legal aid. Okay. So you will be able to get a financial order, which which will mean mm -hmm. a financial settlement, and as part of okay. that, you you will be able to. And I don't know if you can ask for the house back because the court might mm -hmm. say, well, you've moved out now. So you know, if he's okay. there and you're somewhere else, and everyone's settled, that's fine. But definitely, housing needs will be considered as part of that financial settlement. So your legal aid, your legal aid solicitor will go through that with you all right okay also Fab. he hasn't paid any child support in six months the so only money he's paid me yeah. is 80 pounds so uh, that would that also be considered not not in the financial remedies child maintenance definitely stays with the cms okay Fab. all right all right so you're saying that there's no hope for me to request for um the council to review no no not um, saying that at all not saying that at all that that's the opposite to what <laughs> i said zara what i'm saying <laughs> is your housing needs yeah. will be considered as part of the mm -hmm. financial settlement Perfect. All right. Okay, that's all I want. Thanks. Okay. okay. Bye. Thank you, Tracy. Um, Husky Gamer, you are next up. What's your question? Hi, Tracy. Good evening. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. How are you? I'm not doing too bad. It's very busy now tonight for you. So it I'll is. It short. Um, I've had my first contact with the stepdaughter last Thursday on the supervision of social services. Yeah. To kind of bow down to mum's whims because she's obviously under supervision herself. Yeah. Um, so that's that's gone swimmingly well. Now, the daughter was, well, basically we was told not to pass message on through the little girl whatsoever. Yeah. Through a court order. Now, the mum has said to the daughter, basically to tell me directly in front of the social worker, I'm not allowed to take any photographs. Now, I don't have any PR rights, but at the time, there was her shared sibling and her stepbrother, who's obviously all been raised together as a solid family unit, which has kind of left the daughter what to do with herself, whether she's belonging and whether she's allowed to, to socialise with us. Um, so the social worker doesn't know whether this is an infringement on her identity. Um, so I'm just wondering, 
is there any way I can request the court to make a change in the order allowing me take partial photographs because it's been allowed before through social services agreements but because there's now an official order mum's still trying to find a, a loophole with me not having PRIs not to allow the daughter to kind of socialise properly on these visits so I'm kind of uh, in a grey area what to do with it should I not ask for photographs or should I just enjoy the visits I would do both in that I would enjoy the visits but next time you're at court I would ask for the photographs you know, it's it's yeah. situations like this, and, and I really feel for you, Husky Gamer. I, I just think, you know, allow somebody just to have good quality contact, take some photographs and have family time. You know, children... <laughs> the most part of the bit trace is the, the home where I'm in now is completely yeah. laced, as you probably expect, with old family photos with, yeah. with the shared daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and when it was Christmas time... I agreed. A one-off, it's Christmas, whether yeah. mum's mentally poorly or not. Yeah. It, it, it's for the kids. Uh, yeah. We all had photos. I had mine passed on to me because she wouldn't include me in these visits. I was, I was kept out of it. It was just the children mixing and her with selective children. Um, I received photographs. I kept them on social media for so many months. So that was a verbal agreement uh, on that one. Nothing for an order. But now, since the court is now seen in my favour... Yeah. The court now in pre-care proceedings against her with the social services. Yeah. So the, the fallback plan is the, the stepdaughter will eventually come to me if possible. Yeah. If not, the mum's quite willing to stick her into care. So as a parent and anyone of logical thinkers going, oh my gosh, what do we do here? This is not right. But for some strange reason, she's still trying to see me as a target. Yeah. And she's taking it through the daughter. It's, it's, so it's, social work can yeah. help. It doesn't know what to do with that. I, well, I would, I would be um, um, going to court and, and ju- just with a really firm case. I mean, the, the court's on your side because the court's applying yeah. common sense. Sometimes, we, you we know, also, issues... We've well involved in their system team. I've, I've gone to them and go, you know, I know I'm not legally aided or anything here. Yeah. But morally with a backbone, you start the confusion. Why would you do this? There's been exactly. no harm to the mum. There's been no harm to the children. Yeah. It's literally just the definition of being vindictive. What yeah. do I do? What do yeah. the kids do? Yeah. And they're saying they're kind of trying to scrape through it to see legally where they stand on this, but nobody's mm. coming up with any answers. Oh, look, it's all so silly. I would literally be saying to the court, let me take some photos. It's as simple as that, honestly. While everyone else is running around like headless chickens trying to find a legal principle yeah. and trying to find a way around it, just ask the question. That's what I'm going to say. Well, the, the, ask the, the, the question. The thing is, though, is, is when the mum turned and, and had a, an argument with the social worker on this terminology, I turned and said, I said, we've got a CCTV camera outside the property, a ring doorbell. Yeah. It automatically, everybody knows, automatically takes pictures. She will walk past with the daughter purposely. Yeah. Just to torment the daughter and myself. So, what do I do? Do I just put sticky black tape over the camera when I know she's coming? I know. No, because it's for my own home security. So, what's yeah. the difference? Yeah, exactly. Well, look, good luck with that one. I'm going to move on to, to Laura, who's waiting to ask a question. But you're, you're absolutely right. Apply common sense, and I think the court will too. Oh, thank you, All right, no problem. You too. Bye. Uh, Laura, what's your question? Hi, I will try and make it as quick as possible. Um, okay. I've been going through a divorce for the yeah. last three years. Yeah. Um, we had our FDR on the 16th of January, um, the Royal Courts of Justice. Um, very, very nice. Yeah. Um, we've had our rows and rows. Because we spent eight hours in court, we couldn't do the full um, court order on the same day. So we had a rows and rows um, agreement yeah. made. Um, my well, my ex partner. We already have our absolute, so we are divorced at this point. Yeah. Um, he, the judge made um, 
his order was that I am to buy him out at a 65 35% split. Yeah. Um, and I have already had a mortgage that is now time lapsed because you only get 30 days on a mortgage in principle. Yeah. Um, and now my partner, my ex partner side has gone completely silent. My lawyers, my I have um, a solicitor that works for me, which I've already racked up £11,000 of legal fees in three years. Yeah. Um, and I am now just at a bit of a loss because I can't. The mortgage principal has now lapsed. My deadline is the 14th of April. We have sent his solicitors quite a strong email saying, you haven't met the deadlines, I'm sort of stuck. But I just wanted to know from an external perspective, what more can I do if I'm now running out of time and we're now getting absolutely no response from his solicitors? Well, there's nothing you can do. I'll be perfectly honest with you. When it happens um, in, in real time, you have to make another mortgage application. You know, if, if the existing mortgage offer expires, then you'll have to make another one. Yeah, the, the only issue is I now can't turn it around within the time frame of the 14th of April. So if we don't turn it around by then, I have to go back to court on the 17th. Yeah, and, and, and that, that's what you'll have to do. Do you know and what I mean? And I recoup costs from him? Because again, similar to the previous person, it cost me nearly 3000 just to go to court on the 16th. Is there any way I can try and recoup costs from him? Because you, this is, yeah, yeah, we yeah. didn't need to go back. Absolutely. You can certainly make a cost application. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I just asked my solicitor to do that on my behalf. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. A wasted cost application. Because obviously the okay. court, the court's, um, the court's going to have to, to go ahead regardless, regardless of, of all the paperwork that's going to expire. Okay, fine. And he just a final thing, and I will get off because I know there's lots of people. Um, <laughs> we had agreed on the rows and rows, um, the sort of contents of the financial order. He's now trying to add a clause in that if it goes past the 14th of April, um, that I then pay interest every day above base rate, which was never agreed in court. So where do I stand if that wasn't ratified by a judge? Well, it's not legally binding, is it? Unless it's in the yeah, order, the it's not up. legally binding. Yeah, if it's not in the order, then it's not legally binding. Okay. Judge will have okay. to make a final decision on that one. Okay, so we'll have to go back to court to yeah, get the answer. Yeah, for sure. Okay. All right. All Thanks. Right. Bye, Thanks Laura. Bye. Um, Sarah on TikTok, can the court order the child to see dad if they don't want to? Um, so the court, generally a child arrangements order, Sarah, will say that you have to make the child available for contact. So the order isn't ordering the child to go, it's asking the parent to make the child available for contact. Um, no order can force a child to have contact if they really don't want to go, is the reality of it. While I'm waiting for Stacey to do that, Lorraine on Facebook says, my ex has remarried, can he still claim on my house, which is in my name only? Not if he's remarried, Lorraine. Um, he will have placed a bar on any being able to make any financial claim against you. What's your question, Missy? Um, if there's somebody that's on TikTok, yeah, uh, their husband's taking the finances to court, yeah, and they want to know if they can claim the court costs back. Um, you can only the court costs. Is this for divorce, Missy? I'm presuming so. So uh, that's all. That's all they've put down. So generally in family law, you won't get costs. You can make an application for costs if it's a wasted costs order. So if someone's wasting your, your legal costs. When it comes to court fees, if I think this is what they're saying, you could potentially get your divorce fee back, that £593 back, by asking the court to give you an order that the other side pay it. 
But in, in practice, whilst the court might give you the order, it's really hard to get the money out of them if they don't want to pay. Because what you then have to do is take your order back to court and enforce it. And of course, that generally costs more than the £593. Yeah. yeah. So it's a tricky one. What's your question, Bex? Ow. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me? I can, yeah. Oh, lovely. Thank you. Sorry. Um, That's all right. So just really quickly, got two questions. So I've got yeah. a little boy with my ex-partner who's two years old. He has regular contact with him, um, but I've it's just been brought to my attention that his parents are starting to push for him to take me to court to have more access with my little boy. Yeah. But it's not for the dad's sake, for their sake. Now, I know having that apology for a while and general advice and stuff like that, that grandparents don't actually have no parental responsibility rights mm. over the child. That's correct. Um, But if that was to be awarded, that he was to get more time with my son, I've got evidence that she is a bit of an alcohol she's she abuses alcohol quite frequently every day yeah is there anything i can do to block that from a safeguarding perspective that my ex-partner lives with his parents still and i wouldn't want my son within the same environment as that absolutely um, absolutely you you would certainly raise those welfare concerns, Bex, with the court. And, and mm -hmm. the type of order that might be made is that when the child is having contact with your ex, that he's never left in the care of the paternal grandmother, for example. Okay, fantastic. Thank you. And yeah. also, sorry, very quickly, because I know you're really busy. That's all right. Um, just, this, just the second one is um, my ex actually has another child um with a another another lady yeah um from a different country and he's actually signed all parental rights over to her um, and he has nothing to do with that child i believe the lady lives in poland and i think it's under polish law that you can do that out there that you okay. can sign your rights over as a parent yeah um if he was to bring me to call and fight for more um access to my son would that if i was to bring that point up in a, in a in a in court would that be taken into consideration or would the court probably see that as something completely separate and not take it into consideration they would see it as separate and they wouldn't want to draw an inference on that without knowing more information they wouldn't want to know more yeah. information because the child wouldn't be party to these proceedings so sure. okay. you, the, the way that I would raise that in, in, in a statement, Bex, would be to say something like, um, let's say that you're the respondent. So, you know, the applicant also has another child who he doesn't have any contact with. And I would just leave it out there so that the court know about it. You're not making any, um, you know, allegations or assumptions, but you're letting them know mm -hmm. that he has another child that he doesn't have any contact with. Fantastic. Thank All you right. so much for your time. I really appreciate no it. No worries. Thanks, Bex. Bye. Take care. Bye. Uh, guys, I'm going to leave it there. We're way after seven. Um, so thank you so much for everybody that jumped on this evening and asked me your questions. Sorry if I seemed a little bit rushed at times. I can just see my end, how many people have got their hands up um, to ask a question. I, I do try and get to as many of you as I possibly can. I'm always going to give Mark, Captain and, and Missy um, priority because they jump on and ask questions for other people. So they'll jump on and ask two or three questions. And sincere apologies to those of you that are still waiting. I'm back here again next Monday 
Saturday at six um, to do another hour of family law questions. So really appreciate it if you could join me then. Thank you, Donna. Have a lovely weekend too. See you soon. Thank you, Martin. I'm going to say goodnight, everyone on TikTok. Bye.